Welcome to the Principles of Freedom podcast. Here we talk about a higher purpose, personal responsibility, and standing for liberty. I'm Max Brown. Welcome to the show. Let's get started. Welcome to the Principles of Freedom podcast. And my guest today is Representative Tammy Nichols, representing District 11. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. I'm really grateful. You know, what got you into this? I ask every person who gets into politics, why do you do this? Yeah, because first you probably think that we're all crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I do sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like to tell people I, I got into it because of education. So I had kids going to school and it was during the time that Common Core was coming into play. And my one a son at the time was in second grade and he was bringing home this stuff And I was trying to figure out what he was supposed to do with it. I was having the hardest time just looking at it and what it was asking. I had no clue. His dad had no idea. He didn't have any idea what he was supposed to be doing with it either. So I thought, okay, well, I'm going to go talk to the teacher about this so we can figure this out. And so I did, and I noticed it said Common Core on it, which I was not familiar with at all. And so I talked to the teacher and basically she couldn't really tell me why it was going to be so amazing, but that it was just going to be amazing. He was going to have more critical thinking skills and he was going to be able to dig deeper into subjects. And it was just going to be this awesome experience. And I thought, okay, well, that's interesting. I love to research. I'm just kind of a researcher. So I decided to start doing that. And the more I did, the more concerned I became with what I was finding. And it kind of just led me down this rabbit hole. But I found other parents in my area that were also concerned with what was going on. And so we kind of got together and started researching and finding out information. And then we decided, you know what, we need to start talking to our our representatives about this. And we need to go down and start going to the Capitol. And so we started doing that. We started testifying in the committee meetings and helping on bills and connecting with national groups and organizations that were also working on this whole Common Core in education thing. So that's kind of what got me into it. And because of that, I had other opportunities that came about, other doors opened, working with other national organizations on other issues and um, and local organizations too. So I've done stuff on the Second Amendment and pro-life and, of course, education, also on the Constitution and just a wide array of different things. So it's just opened up a lot of different opportunities. And I decided at one point, you know what, I maybe I should start running for office or something or, you know, get involved even more so. Mm. And so I became a precinct committee man. I didn't even know that was an actual position at the time. I heard about it and I thought, oh, I wonder if our state has that. (laughs) And sure enough, we did. And so I, I ran for that. I ran for office previous to actually getting into the legislature. And that was a whole experience in itself. It taught me a lot. And so two years after that experience, I decided to run again and was able to to win my seat and get in. So I just finished my second year. So my first term, basically, second year, and won my primary. And so now we'll have the general coming up in November. Yeah, so that's kind of how how I got involved. This was not my plan. I was never going to go into politics. I started serving on, you know, HOAs and things like that and thought, this is the pits. Who would want to do this? (laughs) But, um, you know, but like I said, things just kind of happened. It was very organic. 
you know, and, and the experience and how everything kind of came to pass. And, uh, and so here I am. You know, it's interesting. I think a lot of listeners out there today, you know, we both grew up in Idaho and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of our friends like us, we all lead very, very busy lives, you know, and you've now committed a very significant part of your life to public service and it takes a lot of time. And so what would you say to those who are listening today saying, wow, good for you, but you know, I'm still going to live mine a very different way because they're afraid that they would take away from other things. I mean, you've made some real sacrifices to do what you're doing. Oh, sure. Yeah. It does take a balance Mm -hmm. approach. You have to be able to balance things. I have a family, I have a business, I have all those other things that take my time and also are important things. And so you have to create a balance. But my opinion is that someone's got to do the job. If it's not you, then who? And I love serving. I love serving people. It's part of who I am. I've grown up with that mindset of service. And so I've always just kind of taken to that anyway that I want to serve people. I want to help people the best that I can, even though I might not be able to solve their problem, mm-hmm. at least try to help them and, and direct them and, and get them to where they need to get going. You know, you have to take a balanced approach to it. You know, I'm lucky my kids are older. And so it's not as much as what it could have been, you know, five or six years ago when they were younger, they don't need me near as much as they used to. They actually enjoy it. My youngest two, I have to take them down to the Capitol with me periodically and they'll hang out for the day and help, you know, do things come and sit in on the meetings. And I'm like, what a great opportunity for them to be able to experience that. Mm -hmm. And everybody should take an interest in their government. I mean, regardless of how busy their life is, if you don't take an interest in in what's happening in politics and government, it does take an interest in you regardless of if you like it or not. So I always encourage people to please take some sort of interest, if not on the national or state level, at least from your own backyard with what's happening with your school boards or your city council or your commissioners, just take some sort of vested interest in it. So you know what's going on and that you're aware of what's happening. You know, I think that's a really important point that people need to be involved, even if it's not at the same level or the yeah. same level of commitment that others have taken. But, right. But that you got to be involved, become aware of the issues and who's running and why they represent what they represent. Right. Who we because vote for get- matters, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Because you get the government that you deserve. And so Mm. if your people are not taking an interest in it, and it's supposed to be a government by the people, it's not the other way around. It's not a people by the government. It's a government by the people. When our founders created the system of government that we have, they created it for the people to be involved in it. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's important. And I've been speaking in events that I've been on and things that I do that way. I always talk about how people can get involved in government without it taking over your life or without it being hours and hours on end of your involvement, that there's simple things that you can do to be involved in that process that isn't going to mess up your ability to work and take care of your family and all that sort of thing. So there is, but be involved in some way, because I can remember with the common core, going back to that, going to school board meetings, and I was the only public person there. Everybody else was on the school board or they had some sort of tie to the school working with them or what have you. And I was the only like regular person sitting in on the meeting. And I thought, no wonder we have problems going on because no one else is paying any attention to what's happening. <laughs> There's not a lot of feedback, right? From, no. from the public in general. Right. And so it's very, very important, you know, and, and with what's been transpiring with the whole virus thing, 
I think it's sort of awakened people Mm -hmm. to what's happening with their government because of mandates or lockdowns or different things that have happened because of this and how long things have taken. And so I think it's caused people to kind of awaken up a little bit to be like, wait a minute, why are we doing this again? Mm -hmm. Or what's happening? Or is this even right? Can the government actually do this? And so that's been kind of interesting to watch because I've had people contacting me about different issues, especially education, you know, with kids being in or out of school. I know them. I know their family. I know their background. They've never asked me anything political whatsoever. And now they're wanting to know, hey, I don't like what's happening. How do we fix this? So people are so getting it's been involved. interesting to watch. And, I, and I'm kind of glad. Yes, you get involved. That's what you have to do is you have to get involved yeah. because, yeah, no one else is going to fix it for you. Well, <laughs> Government you, does not have the Midas touch. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, and you bring up an interesting point. I think this virus has has disrupted us enough that enough mm-hmm. people are now saying, wait a minute. And they do have a little bit of time to say, I'm not happy with what's happening. I want right. to take an active role and I want to participate. Right. Well, one thing I have learned is that until things actually impact people, it doesn't cause them to move Mm -hmm. or to want change. Mm -hmm. So it has to actually impact them. And this virus has impacted everybody in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. And so you're seeing people that have issues with what's transpiring. And it might be because of education. It might be because of mandates or their jobs or the economy or whatever the case may be, but it is impacting people. And so it is causing them to think about it at least and take a look on, okay, I don't like what's happening. What do we need to do? Mm -hmm. Because it's directly impacting them. And that's how things have to usually transpire is in order to have people get involved is there has to be an impact. Yeah. You, you know, you shared why you're staying in this game, why you care so much, obviously that we all need to be more engaged in this process. And you've invited us to do that. How do you manage it when there seems to be a lot of people in social media today who do a lot of attacking, but not mm-hmm. a lot of participating outside of attacks. Right. They don't engage in the process or they don't want to help contribute or they don't want to help volunteer, but they right. have a lot of opinions on online and oftentimes in a very mean spirited way that isn't mm-hmm. very helpful actually. No, no, you'll see a lot. I'm very heavy on social media. I found that that is kind of a necessary evil to have in your life. Mm-hmm. So I'm on Twitter and I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook and Parler and these different social media sites. I do it primarily because it's the fastest and easiest way to keep people involved and to show them what's transpiring and things they, that they need to know about. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like Twitter is probably the worst that I know of. It's a cesspool of, of liberalism. <laughs> and I used my different platforms in different ways. Mm-hmm. And so Twitter, I know I'm going to get attacked all the time on there pretty relentlessly. And so I put certain things on there that I might not put on some of my other social media accounts just because I know what kind of feedback I'm going to get. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you're right. I mean, there's a lot of people that just want to attack Mm -hmm. and they don't even know you personally. That's what surprises me is they don't even know you and they're going to sit here and tell you all about yourself. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, you don't even know me. I mean, I could be walking down the street and you wouldn't even have any idea it was me, but they don't have a lot of ideas or want to get involved in a positive way. They just want to keyboard warrior it. Mm. And so you have to keep that in the back of your head that most of these people that are attacking you, either they don't even live in your state or your area. Mm. Um, They would have never voted for you to begin with. Mm. 
and that most of them have no solutions themselves. They're just going to blame you and pin things on you as much as they can and call you names as much as they can. Mm. And that's it. I mean, that's all that's, that's all they're going to do. So you have to take some of that with a grain of salt because it's just, it's the world in which we live in, unfortunately. Yeah, communication has become a dying art to some extent, you know, you can't really communicate and disagree, but still be civil about it. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, back in the day, you'd meet at the coffee shop and you'd have a discussion and you might not agree with each other, but you're still friends and you're going to do it again next week, right? But today, it seems like that it's been lost over the last several years that we just Social media is a necessary evil. And I think a lot of it's because people hide behind their screens and they can say whatever they want. They'd never say that to your face ever, ever, ever. But with a screen, it doesn't matter anymore. And so they've lost that ability to be able to have a civil discussion. And even if we disagree, we can still be friends. We can still be civil. We can still have this conversation. And so I think it's turned a lot of people off into wanting to participate in those types of discussions because they don't want to be attacked and they don't want to be called names and they don't want to be labeled as something that they're not. And so they just don't deal with it at all and don't participate in it because it's easier. Well, I think you described something perfectly for a lot of my friends and family. I think that's absolutely true. And I can't be angry at them for that because I respect it. It's, It's very hard to want to be in the arena where people are taking sniper shots at you and you don't even know who they are. I really love your comment here that we should be able to disagree and still be very civil and be able to have conversations that allow us to come to a better solution together. Right, right. I think you have to kind of dive into the dynamics of it, though. The one thing that I see a lot and why we have a lot of contention right now Mm -hmm. is because you have two competing ideologies that are not in harmony with each other. Mm -hmm. And when you have that, there is contention. Mm -hmm. Things have gone so far spread that finding that middle ground that we used to be able to find pretty easily has become a lot harder to find. That's a good point. And it creates the contention. It creates the meanness, the mean spiritedness, the inability to be able to disagree, but still be able to have the conversation and to find a way to be able to make things better for everybody. When you have ideologies that aren't in harmony together, that makes it really difficult to find that middle ground. Oh boy, it sure does. To that point, I would love to hear how do you define conservatism? What does it mean to you? And what does it mean to be a representative of Idaho? I am very constitutionally minded. And to me, that is kind of the nuts and bolts of being a conservative is that you uphold the constitution, you're doing things that abide by the constitution, you're not infringing on people's rights, you're letting people live as long as they're not impacting other people in a negative way, and that you're trying to do things with minimal government intrusion. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my own little definition of conservatism. And then being a representative, I don't think of myself in that way, so to speak. I'm just doing what I can do to try to help not only the people in my district, but in the state as much as possible. I always said that I have these points in determining passages of a bill or what have you, that first and foremost, it has to be constitutional. And if it's not, then that's just kind of the end of it for me. And then how does it impact the people? How is it going to impact them and their livelihoods or life in general, both in my district and in the state? 
how much money is it going to cost? And is it something that we actually need? Because a lot of the time, government does things that we really actually don't need government to do. So those are kind of my four main points in determining how to legislate. It's still funny to me, like this morning, I was actually on a call with Secretary of Education, Betsy DeVos. Mm-hmm. I had a question that I was able to ask and they introduced me as a legislator and representative and everything. And it's just kind of a funny term to me still, because like I said, I don't think of myself as a politician. I think of myself as a people-tician and that I'm just here to serve. I'm here to serve. I mean, I'm here to try to figure out what's best for the people and for the state. To me, I just don't think of myself in that regard. I'm just a regular person like everybody else. What would you want people to remember from this conversation today? What could you inspire voters to think about as we go into a really important election cycle? I would probably say for the election part and just um, people in general is, again, going back to being involved, being involved somehow. They say every election is the important election, right? This really is an important, critical election that we're up to. Our nation's kind of teetering on this point now. There's such a spread in ideologies now that depending on how this election goes, we could be going down a very difficult road if we're not careful. And it's going to be a road that's very hard to get back from. And we can't control everything that happens in D.C. We have little control, actually, of what does happen in D.C. But what we can do is we can focus on what's happening in our own backyards and in our state. And so I would tell people to get involved. I was at an event not too long ago. Charlie Kirk spoke at it. And he was saying, if you don't know the names of your school board members, if you don't know the names of your commissioners or your city council, you need to do some research and some homework because you should at least know those things and know what's happening. So being involved, that would be one of the foremost. Two, with the elections coming up, you got to do some homework. You got to do some research. People will call me sometimes even the day of the election and say, okay, who should I vote for? (laughs) Because I know they trust me and I don't mind them asking me, but I really would prefer for people to do their own research and really look into candidates and who they are, what they're running on. Now, if you're someone like me that has at least a little bit of a voting record, that makes it a little bit easier. Whereas if you have someone that's never been in office before and they don't really have a voting record, it makes it a little bit harder to know really where they stand on things. But there's a lot of key things that you can find on their social media or on their web pages, or even just by contacting them and asking them questions. Where do you stand on this? How would you handle this? We get lots of questionnaires from different organizations that ask us to fill out questionnaires. So those are available online. Um, The newspapers do usually do some sort of a write-up. There's um, Ballotpedia that you can go to and find out some information. If they've been in office, you've got to look at their voting record. And so I just tell people, do your research. You've got to know who is running for office. And then... The main point on this, most people spend 10 minutes in the process of government, and that is when they go in and vote. And then after they're done, they've turned in their ballot, they wipe their hands, they're done, it's turned over to whoever wins. That's not where this should end. You need to keep being involved with it. You don't just turn everything over to whoever you elected and call it good. There's supposed to be accountability, right? We're set up to have accountability. The people have to keep the government accountable. The government's not going to keep itself accountable. We already know that. So the people have to keep the government accountable. Be involved in some way in your own backyards, 
start attending some of those school board meetings, start attending some of the city council or the planning and zoning meetings or whatever you can do. And you don't have to do it every month, you know, just every once in a while. And then there are central committees for people to get involved in and they're open to the public. That's where you have your precinct people. And if you have a precinct position open and it's in your area, has to be on that. It's a very minimal commitment, but it's a very important position. Mm-hmm. There's just these little things that people can do and get involved with other organizations. If there's an organization, if you're if you're very much pro-Second Amendment and it's just where your heart is, mm-hmm. there's some great pro-Second Amendment organizations in this state. Mm-hmm. If you want to get involved on the pro-life movement, you can do that. There's lots of great organizations out there on just about any topic you can think of, education or pro-life or guns or government or whatever the case may be, get involved in those. Just participate in some way so that you're part of the process. Yeah. Representative Tammy Nichols, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I'm really grateful that you take the time and as a working mom and as a businesswoman, that you're out there doing these things. And I think helping a lot of people in Idaho to realize that, hey, they can be involved. They can really be involved if they want to be. They can. And, you know, I'm just one person. Every legislator is just one person. Mm -hmm. And so the more people, I never turn away people to help. um, And the more people that we can, the better that we'll be able to make things for everyone here. Thanks again for being on the podcast. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the Principles of Freedom podcast. To support the podcast, please click to subscribe and give us a rating and a review in the podcast app. We'll see you next time.